You're listening to The Jill Monaco Show, episode number 50. Welcome to The Jill Monaco Show. I'm your host, Jill. Each week, I hope to bring you a message that inspires, encourages, or challenges you to go after and live a life you love. Join me and my friends as we explore what it means to love God, love ourselves, and love others. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Here we go. Welcome back to The Jill Monaco Show. Before we get started today, I want to remind you about an announcement I made a few weeks ago about our new program at Jill Monaco Ministries. The Kingdom Community has been such a fun place to connect with other believers. If you're searching for a place that's like Facebook, you know, all the benefits of posting, being in groups with people that are like-minded, and meeting new people, without all the ads or censorship or even missing the things you care about— Plus, have access to all of the ministry things we offer, like articles, podcasts, courses, teaching, and other free resources, then head over to community.jillmonaco.com and become a member today. It's literally the best thing we've created for you. Again, it's community.jillmonaco.com. Well, today, you are going to hear from Melissa Medina. She is known to be a friendly and fiery Puerto Rican wife to Anthony and mom to Caleb, who loves Jesus and passionately lives life abiding in God. Melissa's heart is to help people align with truth, awaken to purpose, and advance the kingdom in every sphere. She is a vibrant communicator, passionate about equipping and activating others in the areas of prayer and prophecy to transform hearts and the world around them. Melissa loves to call out the golden people and inspire them toward destiny. Melissa has nearly two decades in church leadership roles. Through these strategic assignments, she's helped birth and steward apostolic mandates and prophetic intercessory initiatives alongside key national leaders such as Cindy Jacobs and Dutch Sheets. Under the apostolic covering of Lou Engel, Melissa recently became executive director for Rise Up, a woman's movement birthed out of the call for amplifying the female voice of virtue in every sphere. Melissa and her husband, Anthony, travel and speak under the banner of Hope Fires International, their itinerant ministry, which is devoted to igniting hope, healing, and spiritual hunger. They also serve as lead pastors and instructors for the Trinity School of Supernatural Ministry, where they disciple students to receive and release the kingdom of God wherever they go. Now, she also holds a BA in political science and law and is an MPA in public administration and nonprofit management from New York University. She is one powerful woman who resides with her family in the Dallas area. I can't wait for you to hear from this incredible lady. So let's go. Hey, Melissa, welcome to the podcast. Well, thank you for having me on, Jill. I'm excited to be here with you. Oh, I'm so looking forward to hearing more about this message of consecration. And so, but before we get into that, um, I would love for people to get to know you a little bit. So I have a couple random questions. You ready? Okay. Okay. Yes. Hot weather or cold weather? Cold weather. Really? Why cold weather? I know you live in Dallas. I'm originally, so. 
I live in Dallas. I'm originally from New York City, and I really miss the snow. <laughs> Do you? Oh, I um, moved back to Chicago, and so I've gotten plenty of snow. I'm kind of missing <laughs> Dallas. <laughs> okay. Um, would you rather fly or drive? Oh, I'd rather drive. Because? Yeah, there's just um, the scenic views. There's just the variety of, you know, in in views as we're driving and you get to see cities and the different personalities within the city. So I appreciate a drive much better. Awesome. Okay. Ballad or up-tempo? Ah, uh, ballad. Yeah. I love music that relaxes me. Um, that's soothing. Cool. All right. Well, those are some random things, but I think really um, speak to who we are sometimes, you know? So yeah. um, one of the things I love about you is your story. Just the adventure that you've had with God since you were a little girl. It's so inspiring. And so I'd love the audience to get to know your heart for intimacy and relationship with the Lord. So will you share um, a little of the story of how when you were young, your dad needed healing and and how that all played into you getting to know God? Sure. Um, when I was about six years old, my, my dad was diagnosed with cancer and um, and I was a daddy's girl. I would um, uh, always help him with things around the house. I always wanted to go wherever daddy went. And mm-hmm. um, so when my dad was diagnosed with cancer and he was very ill in the hospital and had to go through some surgeries, my um, my family at that time uh, were Catholic. And um, uh, in our home, we had one room where we had uh, kind of dressers and tables set up with a lot of different statues. Um, uh, propped up on them. And uh, pretty much every night, my mom and my grandma would have us kneel down. Myself and my two siblings would have us kneel down and pray uh, to the Lord for my dad's healing and for his health. And uh, I remember as a six-year-old little girl, just questioning, why did I have to pray to those statues? You know, and 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 kind of questioning, well, don't I have a direct access to God? Doesn't, doesn't he, if I'm his daughter, doesn't he love me enough to hear me directly? And doesn't he, um, you know, won't he answer my prayers, you know, just praying directly to him. So I wanted to try that out. And I would spend a lot of time praying for my dad outside of that room, you know, not just in front of those statues, but just uh, turning my heart to the Lord and just crying out to him, you know, for my dad's healing. And my dad was healed. My dad was mm-hmm. miraculously healed of cancer. Um, you know, we had uh, an aunt of mine who was Pentecostal. She came with a group of people to pray at the at the hospital for my dad. He received Jesus as his Lord and Savior, you know, totally gave his life to him. And my dad was miraculously and instantly healed. Wow. And I remember just um, uh, realizing within myself that it was those direct prayers to the Lord. You know, that I had an audience with this God that loved me and that heard me. And even though I was a little girl, that my prayers, you know, before him were really big. And um, and he just, you know, he just answered my prayers in such a wonderful and, and miraculous way. So that set me on a course of um, seeking the Lord in intimacy and in prayer. I'd go to uh, prayer meetings with my dad very often as he started, um, you know, seeking the Lord in this new way directly with re- in relationship with the Lord. And um, and then fast forward to uh, 
uh, later on in my life, um, I was on the road to law school and had, uh, you know, always had an interest in in law and in justice and wanted to go to law school and was already enrolled like in a dual degree program at NYU for my master's degree and my law degree. And um, and I came to to a time in my life. My dad became a pastor, actually. And mm-hmm. um, and there was a time in my life where my family was going through a lot of just difficulty, challenges in the ministry and um, some things that caused just some wounding, you know, some church hurt. And I'm so grateful that at that time in my life, rather than pull away from the Lord, um, that the Lord just he wooed me uh, closer to his heart. He really drew me in and. Um, and where I used to spend, you know, six, eight, ten hours a day or even more just in my studies, so focused on my studies and preparing for this career in law, um, that pursuit of God's heart and just seeking comfort in the Lord and answers from the Lord uh, started shifting the way I spent my time where I was spending, you know, six and eight hours with the Lord and just a couple of hours in my studies and still doing well in school. Um, but it shifted really the, the the trajectory of my life. And it got to the point where, um, you know, in that pursuit of God and just intimacy with him, seeking the Lord um, and finding all of what I needed uh, for, uh, from the, uh, for my life and even for my family, um, in, in that place of intimacy with God, you know, I, I felt like I was uh, supposed to rise up as an intercessor for my family and for my church at that time, like I did when I was six years old, you know, for my yeah. little dad, for my dad, when he was uh, sick with the cancer. And um, so uh, in that time of seeking the Lord, you know, the Lord just broke through and he uh, he started just bringing healing and reconciliation to my family and just um you know, repairing those situations, but he also at one moment, he didn't command. It was just like a gentle, a gentle request or an ask. He said, uh, will you lay down law school? I've called you to legislate through prayer. Wow. And I didn't, I didn't have a full grid of understanding for what that meant, but I did know it paired together two things I was very passionate about and passionate about prayer and intimacy with the Lord and legislating in that career in law. And I knew that this was a call from the Lord um, to go to a deeper place with him. I knew that he was, it was a gift from the Lord and in his love and in his kindness that he had already displayed for me and my family. I, I knew I could totally trust him. And so I laid down law school and I gave myself, you know, to the Lord in prayer, um, in that pursuit of the heart of God and intimacy. And that led to, uh, you know, preparation for ministry and many other things. But that pretty much is what started me off on just a lifestyle of intimacy with the Lord and consecration. Yeah. So when we're talking about consecration, can you help people understand, like, what, if you were to give a definition for that, what is it? Well, so often when we think of consecration or words like sanctification or holiness, those are thought of as like old terminology. Um, we think, you know, we think religion. We think that that's mm-hmm. striving to deny ourselves of certain things or striving to do certain things, you know, check off all those little boxes of, I read my Bible this much and I prayed for this much time and I dress, you know, in this certain way or I speak this certain way. And, and, and it evokes thoughts within people of, um, you know, fulfilling our duty rather right. than uh, living a certain way just out of love for God. And, you know, all of that can, can boil down to religion, you know, just focusing on the way that we, you know, our behaviors um, and, um, you know, what we do or don't do. And like I said, all those religious checkboxes. Right. Um, but that's not what consecration is about. 
um, when the Lord calls us to consecrate ourselves, when he extends that invitation to us, he's not saying, get yourself all cleaned up and check off all your religious boxes so that then you can draw closer to me. Um, Totally opposed to that. What he's actually saying is, draw close to me. And in that place of love relationship, I will transform you. Um, And consecration, Mm -hmm. it, it actually comes from the word kadash. It's a relational term that implies not separating ourselves from certain things, but separating ourselves unto the Lord. So that's being set apart unto him. That's like a bride who is setting herself Mm -hmm. apart for her betrothed, right? It's all born out of love and out of affection and out of honor. And our love toward God is a response uh, to his extravagant and unconditional love that we discover as we accept that invitation to draw close to him, to consecrate ourselves. And in that beautiful place, um, in that place, it's like this beautiful exchange takes place. Um, You know, it's often said the the more that we behold him, you know, behold the Lord, the more we become like him. So I see it as, you know, as we look into those fiery eyes of Jesus, you know, that passionate love that he has for us. All that doesn't line up with God, you know, all of the impurities, all the things that are not part of his desire and his will for us, they just they just burn away. Mm. You know, they're just burned away. And what we what we ultimately separate ourselves from is the fruit of what or rather whom we've separated ourselves unto. Right. And we end up looking more like the people we spend time with. Yes. So if we're setting ourselves apart for God, I think it is easy to be religious and think, well, I'm going to have to give up all these things in order to set myself apart from God. And like then you go there and if you're spending time with the Lord, you feel like you're sacrificing for him as compared right. to I can't wait to spend time with the lover of my soul. I can't yes. wait to take a vacation with him. You know, if you're thinking like mm-hmm. an earthly you know, spouse, like we get to go away. I don't have to go away with him. I get to go away. And of course, things are not going to be happening. If you go on vacation with your husband, you're not doing other things. So Mm -hmm. we're spending time apart with the Lord. Yeah, we're giving up other things, but the focus is on spending time with God, not what we're giving up, right? Yes. That's right. And I mean, and that's the nature like of any love relationship, right? It's the person that we love. We long to be with them. And we also, we want to bring delight to their heart, you know, joy to their heart. And, and so then naturally anything that would grieve their heart, then we don't want to participate in those things. You know, it's like, oh, it's not worth, it's not worth, you know, hurting the heart of, of my beloved, of my husband by participating in those activities. So it's it's the fruit of our love for him, our love for the Lord, that then naturally mm-hmm. those other things, you know, just fall away. They just, they pale in comparison to the beauty of God and, and his love for us. And, yeah. um, and that's just a place where we want to be is with him. Yeah. You know, I'm sure there's going to be some people who are listening to this who are thinking, uh, I go to spend time with God and it's okay, but like I can't imagine having to set that much time aside with him. I'd get bored or I wouldn't know what to talk about. So for someone like you who has been abiding in God's presence for a long time, what do you say to someone who might actually be struggling with those first steps? Well, I'd I'd encourage... um, the listeners to seek God in the middle of whatever it is that we're doing. Um, You know, in in the scriptures, it says that we are to pray continually, you know, and, and, um, and it encourages us to to seek communion with the Lord. 
Um, but we can have that communion with God, not just when we're tucked away, like in a prayer closet per se, but when we're driving and when we're doing the dishes and when we're in the shower, where we just uh, turn our hearts to the Lord, you know, and say, mm-hmm. I'm here. And and it's actually in our times with God, it's more so about listening, you know, for what he has to say and paying attention for what it is that he wants to draw our attention to, as opposed to our always speaking and, you know, talking. As long as we're talking, mm-hmm. he's probably not talking. Right. Um, so, so, right. um, you know, and there's, there's, uh, there are two examples that I absolutely love. They're two of my favorites and, you know, just in, in church history. And one is Susanna Wesley. She was the mother of Charles and, and John Wesley, two revivalists. You know, the Lord used them to spark uh, the first great awakening. And she had, I believe it was about 19 children um, all together. And her husband was an itinerant minister. So he would often travel and they had a house church as well. So he'd leave her at home with the children and also in charge of the house church. And so she <laughs> oh had a lot of responsibility. Yeah. Um, but what I love is that she recognized that she could only pour out to her children and she could only pour out to her congregation um, uh, the more that she allowed the Lord to pour into her. So she would kneel down in the middle of her living room with all of her children around her, you know, at any given moment of the day. And she'd take her long apron. At that time, they wore aprons down to their feet. And she'd pull that apron up over her head and she'd kneel down on the floor in the middle of her living room. And right there, she'd have encounters with the Lord, hmm. you know, and he'd just give a revelation and, and joy and strength and creative ideas for how to, um, you know, care for her children and lead that group of people. Um, another favorite of mine is also Brother Lawrence. He, he authored a book called uh, uh, The Practice of the Presence of God. He was a monk in a monastery and most other monks, when they wanted to have their time with the Lord, they'd go off to, you know, to the sanctuary. They'd go off to special rooms and just be isolated there and have their quiet times with the Lord. But he he was a cook, so he was assigned to peel potatoes, you know, and chop vegetables and prepare meats and also wash the pots and pans. And, um, you know, and he shares how he, he found that he didn't have to request time off from those duties to go be with the Lord because mm. he would commune with the Lord as he's washing the dishes and peeling potatoes. And he would just receive such great revelation from God, you know, in that in those times and just encounter God in such precious and special ways. Um, so those are those are two people that I have really tried to model my life after where um uh, you know, prayer is about protecting that com- that connection that we have with God, that communication and that intimacy with Him. And we can do that, you know, all throughout the course of our day, whether we're driving to pick up our kids or we're doing laundry or we're, you know, even at the office, just taking a right. moment, you know, in our day and just focusing on the Lord and hearing what He has to say, you know, His um, the truth about who we are and um, in Him and, and the truth about the situations that we find ourselves in and the truth about our future. You know, what what came to my mind as you were saying this is the more I give God permission, not that he needs it, but the more I give him permission and I've already decided, God, you can interrupt me at any time, then he does. Yes. You know, like I will listen to you and I will stop if I'm in the middle of something and I and you tap on my shoulder, I'm going to stop what I'm doing and say, yes, Lord. And the more I do that, the more often he 
engages with me in that way. And I love my quiet time with him and where I set apart where there is no activity. But I really love the special times he interrupts me because he's speaking usually right into what I'm doing or what I'm about to do. And that's like real time relationship. You know, sometimes we put so much pressure on ourselves to, I've got my journal and I've got my Bible and God, I need an answer. I've got my pen. Tell Mm -hmm. me. You know, and then we hear nothing or we, mm-hmm. you know, don't feel inspired. Um, and it, he talks to us in those times, too. But it's really fun when he says, hey, you know what I think about that? And I'm like, no, right. I don't yeah. I don't know what you think about. What do you what do what do you think? So mm-hmm. that would be an encouragement. I love what you said to people. Yeah. Just wherever you're at, you can consecrate and set yourself apart for the Lord. That's right. Um, So this consecration thing came up for you at the beginning of this year, and I know that you had um, some people confirm that this is what you were supposed to teach and and share with the church and invite them into this. Can you share about some of those confirmations? Yes. Um, Well, my my husband and I usually start our year with a, a time of like prayer and fasting and really seeking the Lord, you know, for for the new year. So back in December, I was um, just in a time of prayer and just asking the Lord, you know, if if he had any particular focus in mind for us, if there were any scriptures he wanted to highlight, you know, for us to really make the focus of our study and our prayer time during that 40-day fast. Um, and during that time with the Lord, he, um, I, I wasn't, I wasn't looking for these words. I wasn't, um, you know, intentionally trying to sing this, but the words of a, of a, of a song, an old hymn just started to come up like from, from, from my spirit. They, they just started to come up and I just started seeing these songs from the hymn, take my life and let it be consecrated Lord to thee. And I just kept singing the lyrics of the song. And as if, if you read the lyrics of the song, it actually is broken up into six different stanzas that each address different areas of our life where the Lord's inviting us, you know, to, um, to, to inviting us to, to give him permission, basically, yeah. you know, to, to invite him in, into those different areas of our lives, to consecrate those areas of our lives to him. And um, so I just kept singing that song over and over again. And then uh, that word consecration um, was just highlighted for me. And I heard the voice of the Lord say, um, out of Joshua chapter three, verse five, uh, what he spoke to Joshua, uh, right before uh, the Israelites were going to cross over um, the Jordan River into the promised lands. And, and he said to Joshua, tell the people, consecrate yourselves for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. And just as the Lord said to Joshua, tell the people, I, I felt so strongly the Lord was asking me to tell the people. So this was not just an answer to my my prayer um, in asking the Lord for my personal focus for my 40-day time of fasting and prayer, but it was the Lord saying, tell the people as well mm-hmm. to consecrate themselves because he wanted to do something amazing. You know, he wanted to, to, to um, he wanted to release a move of his spirit among us. And um, so it, it started there. And and I asked the Lord, you know, to to give me confirmation. I asked for confirmation that truly this was not just a personal application, but it was something that he wanted me to share, you know, with with corporately. He wanted me to share with the church in general and invite them into a season of consecration as well. So um so first, it was that very same week in December, my husband, um, you know, I hadn't shared any of this with my husband yet, because I also wanted to wait and see just what he received from the Lord in terms of our 40-day fasting focus. And um, But my husband shared with me that uh, the Lord um, spoke to him about uh, uh, 
a coming season of, it was a purge. The Lord spoke to him about a three-month purge, a season of a purge that he was calling the church into. And what was interesting is that um, while the language was different, and for my husband, it was the word purge, um, you know, that means a purification, you know, getting rid of mm-hmm. things that you no longer want. Um, but the Lord used the exact same scripture that he spoke to me, Joshua 3, 5, wow. tell the people, consecrate them to, to consecrate themselves for tomorrow. I will do wonders among them. Uh, so that was my first, uh, you know, just con- confirmation from the Lord about this. Um, and um, and then after that, we received a phone call from uh, a friend of ours. Um, he's a prophet. Um, well, actually, at that time, we weren't very good friends. We didn't know. Each, we barely knew each other. He didn't know my husband. And he and I had only been introduced to one another one time at an event that we were both at. And um, and he said that the Lord had given him some prophetic words for us. And he was going to be in town ministering at a local church. So he wanted to meet with us. And when he did, um, he presented us with a book that uh, the title of the book was On the Crest of the Wave. And it had a picture of a big, huge wave. Um, you know, like one of those waves that a surfer would, you know, would appreciate. Um, And he just started, you know, prophesying over us and saying, you know, the big one is coming. The big one is coming. I, I see a big wave of glory, of revival, of reformation, a big wave, like a big move of God that's coming. And the Lord is calling you into a season of preparation, a season of intimacy with the Lord, a season of consecration, you know, and sanctifying yourselves. And, you know, there are many other parts to it, burning the midnight oil and you know, really studying the word and um, just that coming into that place of intimacy with the Lord. Uh, then after that, I received a phone call from a very dear friend of mine. Her name is De Havilland Ford, and she and her husband spearhead a ministry called um, The Sign 818. And that's out of Isaiah chapter 8, verse 18, which says the children that um, I and whom the children have has and the children whom the Lord has given me are for signs and wonders. Uh, so she said that in this dream that her uh, one of her senior leaders in her ministry had, um, I called my friend De Havilland on the phone and I started shouting in the phone saying, 818, meet me in the secret place. Hmm. 818, meet me in the secret place. So through that, it's like, again, the Lord was confirming, I want to release signs and wonders among you, even as Isaiah chapter 8 verse 18 says, you know, you and the children whom, whom I've given you are for signs and wonders. And he's saying, now let's come back to the secret place. Let's come back to that place of intimacy and first love with the Lord and just being with him. Um, And then as I was reading on revival history, um, I I realized that William J. Seymour, the man whom the Lord used to ignite and and, and spearhead and steward the entire uh, Azusa Street revival, that was a revival birthed out of California. Um, uh, Joshua 3.5 is the very same scripture the Lord gave him Hmm. to issue a call to people, you know, to draw close to the Lord because God wanted to do something something powerful among them. He wanted to just release a powerful move of his spirit. So he was calling them to that place of consecration. And through all of those confirmations, you know, I just felt like the Lord wanted um, to use me in this season as a trumpet, uh, just uh, announcing this invitation from the Lord to draw close to him as we are. And in that place of coming to know the Lord, we become more like him and, um, you know, and, and, uh, and he transform us, you know, in that place of intimacy and love. Yeah. And what do you believe, like, as God is calling and giving so many confirmations, which is amazing, what do you believe the Lord wants to accomplish through this time of setting, of us setting ourselves apart? Well, I'd say a couple of things. Um, 
first, you know, this invitation comes from the heart of a perfectly good and loving father that longs for relationship with, with his children, with us. So first and foremost, I believe that through this invitation to consecration, what God wants to accomplish is just um, for us to grow in relationship with him, for us to draw close to his heart. You know, and there we find comfort, we find peace, we find joy, we find strength. Um, but we also, as we discover, you know, as we discover the Lord, as we, as we, um, as we get to know him more and more, his identity, who he is, you know, his worth and his beauty, we also come to discover more and more our own identity and mm. our own worth in him. We discover what God has to say about us, you know, about our past, about our present, about our future and our destiny. We discover God's higher thoughts, you know, his truth about us and, and about this life, you know, that we're living here on this earth and also what awaits us afterwards. And, you know, so I'd say that that's the first thing that I, I believe that, you know, our good father wants to accomplish through issuing a call to consecration. But also as we fall in love with him, you know, as we were talking about earlier, um, you know, we, we become, we become more like him. We become more like Jesus. And, um, you know, so we, we uh, will have, there, there'll be more fruit of the spirit within us. Mm-hmm. You know, where we um, love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and, you know, self-control. I hope I haven't left out any. Um, <laughs> but we, you know, there'll be more of the fruit of the spirit within us, which ultimately, you know, in, in speaking in First in Corinthians 12, you know, and and, um, and 13 and 14 you know, and talking about the fruits of the spirit and even the gifts of the spirit. It all comes back to the greatest gift of all, which is love. And I believe that as we're growing, as we are receiving love from God in that place of intimacy, you know, as we are, um, we're we're allowing God, we're giving him permission to love on us, you know, then we, in response, we love on the Lord. Um, We love him more. And that leads to lives of holiness. But we also learn to love others. As we become more like Jesus, we learn to love more and forgive more. And um, and we prefer others in love. So there's this beautiful exchange that takes place, and um, and ultimately he's preparing us, you know, for um, a move of God that he wants to release here in the earth, that he wants our hearts truly prepared for, you know, a move of God um, where he's just going to release his the power of his spirit, you know, and transform not only hearts. That's where it begins, you know, through this uh, through this invitation to consecration, but it transforms cities and it transforms nations. You know, and ultimately for us to also, um, you know, meet meet the Lord Jesus himself. He's preparing his bride in that place of intimacy. Yeah. One of the things I often say is um, something similar to what you've said so beautifully. And the heart of this podcast is to love God, love yourself and love others. And I know Jesus said that we are to love God and love others, um, but we're also to love others as we love ourselves. So that's why I have that in there. But I really believe like what you said, it's a flow that um, what comes to us in relationship with God is what ends up getting cultivated in us. And from that place, whatever we have, we give away. And that's why um, the woman you mentioned, I'm forgetting her name, that was on the floor with her apron over her head. She could only give away what she had to her 19 children. And Mm -hmm. so what's cultivated in us is what's communicated through us. So if what we're communicating isn't something we like, then that's because what we've been cultivating 
is the is right. is wrong. And the only way to change that is going back to who is our source. So if God is our source of what is coming to us, that's what will be cultivated. That's what we give away. But if what Absolutely. we're getting is from the world or from the enemy, then that is what bears fruit in us. Um, and that's what we give away. So this setting apart, like we talked about in the beginning, I, is so much. I, I mean, anyone who's followed my ministry knows my tagline is encouraging people to pursue the presence of God. That mm. is, when I started my ministry, I couldn't think of anything else because I was like, I, I don't know what I'm called to do other than have people encounter God because he does all the work, right? Yeah. I mean, I any I feel like there's so many um, really good causes and so many great ministries, but at the heart of it all, we want people to encounter God in whatever right. that specific part of his heart is. And so I love this consecration subject and um, and everything that you're sharing. What do you, would you say has been um, one of the most important takeaways, either for you or for others that have walked through this this time of consecration? Because I know you did a Facebook group and you did videos and, and had people, I did some of them with you, um, that people have gone along on this journey. What is, what's some of the fruit that's come from this? Um, well, one, one really good fruit that I would say came from this, that I received, um, a very big response. A lot of testimonies from people was, um, actually, uh, just the simplicity of learning to wait on the Lord, learning to wait in his presence. Um, we're so often we're used to, you know, in our prayer time, in our quiet time with the Lord, where, you know, we're talking, talking, talking. And, um, but during this time of consecration, um, so many of us, you know, really just uh, grew in that ability to, to wait in God's presence um, and hear what he was speaking to our hearts. Mm. Um, and in that place, you know, many have uh, really uh, matured in, in, in our ability to hear the voice of God and discern the voice of God, you know, that voice of truth. Mm-hmm. from other voices and um and and it's just it's brought a peace you know it's brought a peace where there was anxiety and where there was fear um so in coming into that place of intimacy with the lord um really just learning to wait on him has been something that's really been worked out in a lot of people that participated you know in this call to consecration um but there was also uh something that honestly for me was a bit unexpected um uh, as we were, um, as we were, uh, going over the, the topic of, uh, consecrating our movement to the Lord and our actions to the Lord, um, I came across a video, a video interview by Bob Jones, um, where he was sharing about, uh, a time where the Lord actually took him up to heaven and, uh, he was online with several other people who were actually waiting to enter the gates of heaven. Mm. And uh, Jesus, you know, the Lord Jesus was actually coming down the line and he was engaging in conversation with all of the people that were lined up waiting, you know, for their entry into heaven. And he couldn't really hear what he what Jesus was saying to the other people. But when Jesus approached Bob Jones, he asked him, just this one question. He didn't ask him, did you read your Bible enough or did you pray, you know, certain amount of hours a day or did you do that thing or that thing or did you stop doing, you know, this activity or that activity? The one question that Jesus asked, you know, the one concern on Jesus' heart was, did you learn to love? 
Mm. Did you learn to love? So as we were going through this uh, journey of consecration, you know, with the Lord, he shifted our attention so much on the way that we love, you know, not just loving the Lord, but allowing the outflow of that, you know, to be loving others. And um, we learned the importance of uh, loving others and forgiving others and preferring others in love as part of that uh, journey of consecration. And, um, you know, because as we're becoming more and more like Jesus, who loved unconditionally and our God is love, you know, then that's going to be the fruit of that intimacy with the Lord is that we love others better. So I would say that um, in this call to consecration at the end of it, I think God's biggest question to us is going to be whether it's 40 days or 90 days or whatever it looks like for us, or just living a lifestyle of consecration at the end of this journey, the Lord's question to us is going to be, did you learn to love? Yeah, that's beautiful. So the the Facebook group, can you mention the name of it? So if people want to follow your videos and start their own journey now, just because they didn't start it at the beginning of the year, doesn't mean they sure. can't start. Right. Yes. All of the material is still there. We have daily um we have daily uh, devotionals like prayer guides. Um, we've got some teaching videos as well. And then a couple of different things, you know, quotes and scriptures that serve as inspiration. Um, but the the group is actually under the name of our itinerant ministry. It's Hope Fires. Um, so Hope Fires International Community. Um, so you can just look up Facebook groups and then Hope Fires and you'll find it that way. That's great. I I really encourage people to, if you're feeling a call the Holy Spirit to set yourself apart or learn even how to consecrate yourself with the Lord, or you've even been inspired by, I really want to answer that question. Did I learn to love? Yes. If any of those things have sparked your interest, I encourage you to, to go to the Hope Fires. And I'll leave the link to that on the show notes of this podcast on my website as well. Um, what do you feel like is God is doing now in this season, now that you've really been inspired in a new way? What do you feel like the Lord is saying to the body of Christ for the rest of this year? Well, I feel like he's inviting us into a continual um, journey of, of friendship with the Lord, of growing in friendship and in intimacy and in relationship with him. So I feel like this was just an initial um maybe a uh, a launching pad for us, you know, this focused season of consecration. Um, but it's all part of setting us on a course where we really can discern the voice of God better so that we can be his voice of truth in the earth. Um, there's so many things that are going on even within our own nation. Um, and, um, and the Lord's voice of truth, his voice of love and his voice of truth is needed to cut through the confusion, to cut through the divisiveness, to cut through all of the tension and to really bring unity to the body of Christ and to bring heaven solutions to yeah. the worst problems in society. But it begins by coming back to our source, you know, as you shared earlier, it begins with coming back to our source, um, that place of intimacy and first love with the Lord. And that's where we'll, we'll come into that place of truth and be able to be those voices of truth and of love in this generation. That's good. Well, I know that when we do that here, when we do the work with ourselves first, and then we are a blessing to others and maybe the area of influence he's entrusted to us in our own circle, 
um, often he then calls you to go even further. And you and your husband just came back from a trip to Puerto Rico, correct? Yes. Tell us yes, a little bit did. about that trip. Uh, well, the Lord had been speaking to us um, for several years about him sending us to Puerto Rico um, and the Lord using us there you know, as prophetic voices to help his people um, awaken to their identity and, and rise up in authority. And um, and in Puerto Rico, we are, my husband and I are actually of Puerto Rican descent. Our parents were all born there. And, um, but the Lord uh, called us to Puerto Rico. It was about, it was close to a year ago now um, where he gave us the green light on actually going into Puerto Rico and um, helping to rebuild and rebuild both in the natural uh, because Puerto Rico is still recovering from the devastation caused by Hurricane Maria mm-hmm. um, back in the fall of 2017. Um, so to to help uh, service connectors and to help resource uh, there in Puerto Rico for rebuilding homes and churches and just even entire communities and revitalizing uh, neighborhoods uh, throughout the island, but also to help restore the island of Puerto Rico, um, restore its spiritual inheritance, uh, restore uh, inheritance for the people that are there and that gets back to, again, discovering our identity in the Lord. That's awesome. If people feel called to help with the efforts, um, how can they connect with your ministry um, and Puerto Rico? Well, they can uh, go visit our website, which is hopefires.com. It's H-O-P-E-F-I-R-E-S.com. And uh, there they can send us a message uh, through our website um, or a direct email as well to info, I-N-F-O, info at hopefires.com. And just, you know, send us a a message expressing interest and becoming a part of this initiative to Puerto Rico or, you know, other things that we do in ministry. Uh, On our website, we do have a page, uh, Hope fires.com forward slash restoration Puerto Rico, um, which also tells a little bit more about what it is that the Lord uh, has commissioned us to do there in Puerto Rico, you know, part of um, just pouring out the love that that the Lord has poured into us. That's beautiful. What um, other things as we just kind of wrap up, let people know some of the other things you do in ministry and ways that they can connect with you. Sure. Uh, Well, my husband and I, we are um, on staff at our local church. It's Trinity Church in Cedar Hill, Texas. So the website is trinitychurch.org. And he and I do pastor a school of supernatural ministry that is hosted there at our church. Um, And aside from that, we have our uh, itinerant ministry where we travel, we speak, and we teach primarily on on prayer and the prophetic, but also on transformation, like reformation. Um, So it's both revival and reformation. And Mm -hmm. um, and you can go to our website, hopefires.com, to learn more about that and you know what we have to offer as far as um, uh, training and uh, just itinerant speaking and equipping you know activating people in prayer in uh, intercessory prayer in the prophetic hearing the voice of God and even in um, you know moving into uh, transformation initiatives within uh, communities within cities and nations. Wonderful. Wow, Melissa, you're doing so many amazing things for the Lord and helping people really connect with Him, hear His voice, and then actually go out and be the hands and feet of Jesus. So I'm so glad that you were able to share with us today, and I'm just really glad you came on the podcast. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Thank you for having me on, Jill. It's been a joy.
Good. Hey, everyone. I know that there's so many different resources that we mentioned here today. So in order to connect with Melissa and her husband or any of the ministry that she mentioned, I will leave all those links in the show notes on my website at jillmonaco.com. And I hope you've really enjoyed this podcast. And if you have, I would ask you to do two simple things. One, if you would subscribe, that way the newest podcast will always be in your feed and ready when you are. And second, if the ministry is impacted you and you'd like to help me reach others uh, with messages like this one with Melissa, please leave a review and a star and all that. It helps us reach people organically. Or you can give to support the show by clicking on the link in the description. And you can find out more about Melissa and her ministry at jillmonaco.com or visit the podcast page to find all the links. Again, thanks for tuning in today, my friends. And remember, love well, you were made for it.